Boy, it's so good to see everyone this morning. Welcome to Pleasant Grove Assembly of God. We're so excited to be here today, and we're excited that you're here today. Amen. Are you ready to meet with the Lord this morning? Amen. 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 What a beautiful day to come to the Lord's house and worship Him. Well, praise the Lord. We're about ready to get started um, with our worship service this morning, but before a special announcement. I, would, I want to just give you an update real quick. My father-in-law, uh, thank you so much for praying for Roland Blunt. Uh, he is still uh, in the hospital. He has a compression fracture of his T12 in his back. Uh, so we're praying for strength in his legs and knees and healing in his back. But, uh, but importantly, pray with us uh, that he'll be approved by the insurance to do the rehab that he needs there in the facility. That's our biggest uh, prayer right now. Uh, continue to lift up uh, our family. We thank you so much for that. Well, praise God. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. He's faithful. He's going to see us through this. And no matter what you're dealing with this morning, God is able. Amen. 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 Well, at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Brother David Clee. He has a special announcement for us this morning. Brother David, God bless you. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Todd. I've had several of you ask me. In fact, just as I stepped out a moment ago, yes, we are going to honor Pastor. That'll be next Sunday morning. So please come prepared. I think there will be a separate basket that will be in the back for your gifts to the pastor. You know, we have special appreciation days for all kinds of things, don't we? you got secretaries, you got bosses day, and then, you know, who knows what else that there's the big national stuff. But pastor does a great job for us all year long, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so thank you for your concern and love for him and his family. So next Sunday is the time that you can bring that card if you're able to put a little something in it. That is always appreciated as well. Let me also say, I do get this question from time to time on those gifts. Made out to him, if it's a check, is probably the easiest and the best. If you make it out to the church, we've got to run it through the church's books and then you know give it to him separately. If you're one that itemizes your tax deductions on your uh, tax form and you feel like you need that to help in your tax preparation, it's fine to, to make the check to the church. But if you just do it directly to pastor, if that's not an issue for your own tax-wise, that's usually the easiest and the best. Because what happens when that basket, if it's got pastor's name on it, it doesn't get opened by any of the office staff. It just goes straight to the pastor. He gets to read all those wonderful comments and the thank yous and the the appreciation to him. And uh, so I appreciate uh, each one of us. And thank you, pastor, for what you do for us year-round. Amen. Thank you, Brother David, and praise the Lord. We love Pastor Joe, Sister Christina. We're so blessed to have them, and what a great opportunity to express our appreciation to them. Well, praise the Lord. Are you ready to worship this morning? Amen. Amen. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. This is a time of rejoicing. I don't know about you, but don't you just long for the presence of God? Don't you just long for more of Him? Hallelujah. If that's you, would you just stand this morning as we open in prayer? Because we're going to praise the Lord. And how many of you know that your praise 
brings the presence of God. Amen. He inhabits the praises of His people. So let's just worship Him today. Let's bask in His presence today. And let's believe God to meet every need today. What a mighty God. He's worthy of our best. He's worthy of our highest praise, church. Let's love Him today. Heavenly Father, we love You this morning. Lord, we long for You, Lord God, as we come to Your house today. God, our hearts are hungry, Lord, for more of You, Lord God. And Father, we invite You to come right now by Your presence, Lord. Your Holy Spirit, fill this place this morning, Lord, as we lift our praise to You. Let your glory fall fresh, Lord God. Father, we pray that you would fill us with your presence, your joy, your love today. Lord, and we pray that you would minister and meet every need. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen.
reign. We declare you reign now and forevermore. Because you reign, we are a confident people. We are a secure people. We are a people of great expectation and faith. Because we know our God reigns and our times are in his hands. And Lord, we thank you for that assurance. We pray, Lord, as we look into your word, you will remind us and you will stir our faith to a new place that we could face whatever life throws at us and we could face with the expectation of faith knowing that you go before us and you will give us the victory we need for every occasion. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Man, God bless you. You may be seated. Good morning. Well, good to see everybody out in our first service. If you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. An old familiar story, but we began a series from the life of David. A short series we began last week. If you remember last week, we talked about how man appoints, but God anoints. And we talked about David's first anointing and the various characters. And we learned, hopefully we gleaned some good truths through that. And this week we're going to talk about the day two giants met. The day two giants met, that, that great story uh, of David and Goliath. And let's remember as we go through this um, short series, God is looking for Davids today. I want you to write that down in your thinking. For every sermon we preach, God is looking for men and women this very hour that will say, I'm a man or woman after God's own heart. I'm going to serve God faithfully in my generation. I'm going to be used of God to face the giants that try to attack us. I'm going to ask God to use me to stir up um, those around me. And I'm going to fight the Lord's battles just like David did. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Samuel 17. Look at verse 4 and then we'll jump to verse 8. But verse 4 tells us a champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine foot tall. Then verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you um, come out and why don't you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, well, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of an Ephraimite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And for 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. The day two giants meet. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you, Lord, help us to take these wonderful truths and apply them to the right now of our lives. Help us to glean these wonderful truths of faith and Trusting God that happened so long ago, but Lord, help us to use them in the present as we fight our Goliaths and we deal with our giants. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. We're studying the famous story of David and Goliath, and we want to see what happens when two giants meet. When two giants meet. Now, the story of David and Goliath 
is not simply a child's tale. It's something more than just a story we tell at Children's Church. It's really the story of the eternal struggle between good and evil. And from it, we can see the results that come when we put our whole trust in God. As believers, we all face giants from time to time. We're no, there's no exceptions to this, um, to this rule. Problems that seem overwhelming. Problems that seem just intimidating or constantly harassing. Things that try to keep you and I from advancing in the Lord or attempt to rob us of our inheritance that Jesus wants us to enjoy. The peace, the joy, the victory we have and His salvation. And we need to know and we need to live like we know that our God is with us always. And even when the lions and the giants and the Goliaths of life roar at us and rage at us, the God God that helped David defeat his giant so long ago is the same God that anoints us to defeat our giants today. So whatever you're facing, whether it's in the problem of the family or a problem maybe in your health, God says, listen, there's not a giant you and I can't lick together. There is no Goliath that you and I cannot overcome together. Let's learn from David's life because the principles and the promises of victory that we find in the Scripture that worked in His story, will work in our story as we're faithful to walk out our faith and to act upon what we believe. Number one, we see the challenge to the people of God. Very simply, the scene we see in verse 3. This confrontation will take place in a valley between two hills. On both hills, the enemies had stationed and positioned themselves, taunting one another. The size, very simply, this is a description of Goliath. He was over nine foot tall. And if you read those scriptures, it tells you the armor that he wore and the weapons that he carried, how, how, how strong and huge and gigantic this killer was. And then we see in verses 8 through 10, the shout of Goliath. We hear his roar, and it's a roar of defiance. It's a roar of intimidation. It's a roar that's kind of challenging the faith of God's people, trying to threaten them and, and lie to them, trying to belittle them. Goliath shouts to try to intimidate our faith. He tries to belittle our faith in God. He tries to belittle God's faithfulness towards us. And he has a word that tries to tear us down. But let it be known if you're a child of God this morning that the devil is a liar. And if you're going to believe a shout, then go ahead and believe the shout of Scripture. If you're going to be moved by the shout of the enemy, be moved by the shout of, Thus saith the Lord, it is rich in... Our God is a better word than the God of the enemy. Our God is a better promise than the threats of the enemy. God says, I have a word for you. It's a word that says no weapon formed against you will prosper. It's a word that says you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength you need to face any battle, to overcome any trial. And so again, we have to remember that though Goliath has a shout and he'll try to intimidate us and he'll try to um, discourage us, God has a better word for His people. So when you're facing a giant, don't get sucked into every negative thing you're hearing. Instead, go to the Word of God and let the Scripture speak to your heart and let your Father remind you of His good promises that your heart will be strengthened and you'll have the courage it takes to face the giants in your life. And then lastly, the seriousness of the challenge. Notice in verse 16, it says for 40 days, every morning and every evening, Goliath just came out and challenged 
and threatened and taunted the people of God. You know, the devil is relentless. He is persistent. He means business. He tries to wear down the saints. He tries to paralyze faith and empty us of our fight that will stop believing and will stop trusting. And maybe you're listening to me and your faith is wavering. Listen, hold on to your faith. You just keep believing. I know it's been a long battle. I know it's been a season of storm that doesn't ever seem to end. And maybe you're feeling a little weary. But the Lord wants to encourage you this morning. He's with you. He's for you. You're going to come through this. Don't allow the enemy's taunts. Don't allow the enemies persisting attacks to wear you down looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith and let him give you a fresh touch this morning let him give you a fresh word that will strengthen you to get back in there trusting God and believing God and hold firmly to the faith you have in Jesus lean firmly on the hope you have in the Lord you see if we tolerate Goliaths or giants they won't stop They'll just move in and take more. They'll just move in and take your territory. They'll just move in and rob and steal and and damage. And because the enemy is serious, you and I must be serious as we fight this good fight of faith. And we must make up our minds that we're going to stand firm in the strength that God has given us. And we're going to resist with the Word of God. And we're going to trust firmly on the One that said, He that began a good work in you, He's going to complete that work and He's going to bring you through. The challenge to the people of God. Talking about giants and Goliaths. We all face them. But you know, we don't have to give in to them. Or we don't have to give up because of them. Because in Jesus, We are more than able to face them and overcome them and stand firmly against them. In our text, we have a wonderful, great example of uh, how to stand and defeat the giants of life. Here comes David. Now, we know from last time that God prepared David for this occasion. Private victories are what prepare us for public victories. And a seemingly trivial errand leads to a challenging situation that brings glory to God and promotion to God's young servant. Now, be prepared in life. When you walk in life, stay full of the Spirit. Stay close to Jesus. Stay ready to be used. Make the most of every opportunity. Redeeming the time for the days of evil. Be prepared because you never know when your opportunity will come. You know, the sun rose that morning just like any other morning for both David and Goliath. And you know, that's how life usually is. There's no warning. But the 41st day of Goliath's challenge would be his last day. And then the first day of David's heroic rise to position and prominence. What a difference a day makes. What a difference a day makes. Nobody announced this. There was no prophetic warning or prediction. There was no angel blast from heaven. What a difference a day makes. And friend, today can be your day. Today can be your day to get a fresh touch from God. Today can be your day to see that prayer answered. Today can be your day to receive a fresh 
healing from the power of God. Today can be your day to make a fresh determination and decision. I'm going to walk with God closer than I've ever walked before. And I'm going to serve God wholeheartedly. And I'm going to trust God. And I'm not going to yield to the lies and the threats of this giant that's trying to ruin my family or discourage my faith. But I'm going to put on the whole armor of God today. I've had enough of bowing to Goliath. I've had enough of sleepless nights. I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to trust in my God to keep me and to help me. I'm going to believe that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. The champion now. The champion of the living God. Let's look at David for a, a few moments this morning. And let's learn from his response to Goliath some eternal principles that men and women of faith can apply as they face their Goliaths. Number one, let's notice that David was, number one, he was consistent in the routine thing. He was consistent. That's kind of going back to what we taught last week. But he was consistent in the routine thing. And you can see that um, verses 12 through 15. He's already anointed, right? Samuel anointed him with that first private anointing in front of his family. Samuel had already anointed David. But where do we find him? He's back with the sheep. He's back just doing the menial things. Obeying his father. Being faithful in, in, in the outskirts. But David did them all well. He wasn't out promoting himself. He wasn't out having a, a campaign for his new position. Hey, I'm anointed now. Vote for me. I'll tell you what I can do for you. He wasn't about that. I mean, even though he was anointed by Samuel, it didn't change his character. It didn't change his behavior. He went right back and took care of the sheep. He stayed where he was until God moved him on. He stayed faithful to what God had given him to do. Even though sometimes, you know, people get dangerous. They get a prophetic word. And I say, Lord, I wish you wouldn't have got that word. They don't know how to handle the word. They don't know how to listen to the word. But not David. He was anointed by Samuel, but he went right back just serving, just remaining faithful. Faithful in the little things. But notice, it was faithful in the little things that actually prepared and positioned him for greater things. And don't overlook the little things. Stay faithful wherever God has put you. Give God your best effort. Whatever He's called you to do. Man, if it's greeting, greet with the anointing of the Lord. Amen? If it's doing the sound, do it for the glory of God. If it's visiting the widow, if it's picking up someone and taking them to church, do it with the joy of the Lord. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it unto the Lord. But what we notice is spiritual principle. It was in being faithful in these very seemingly small things that not only prepared David, but positioned David for what God had in store for David. One famous coach said, there is no shortage of people with the desire to win. But there's often a shortage of people with the desire to prepare to win. To pay the price in the routine and in the daily and in the practice and all that it takes to become that champion. And again, like we said last time, your ultimate destiny is hidden in your daily routine. Your ultimate destiny is hidden in your daily routine. David's going to be told by his father to go bring his brothers some food and some supplies and give some to their captains. And that's how David gets on the scene. When he gets there, Goliath, um, he's doing his thing. He's raging and he's roaring. He's defying God. He's mocking the armies of God. But now David hears this and David sees this. And it's amazing. David, he has a uh, very different response to Goliath's roar than King Saul did or the other soldiers did. Because remember, David's a man after God's own heart. David's a man of faith. 
David's a man that can't sit idly by and hear the name of his Lord mocked. Others turn to fear, but David knew the Lord his God. And they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. It's amazing the response of a man of God, a woman of God, when they hear such nonsense compared to those that give in to the fear and the timidity are following those that have lost it long ago. Number one, David was consistent in the routine thing. Don't stop being faithful and consistent right where God puts you. Not, that will prepare you and that will position you for your next step in God. So don't belittle what God gives you to do. Just do your very best at it. Give it your very best and believe God to use even your loaves and fish to do wonderful things for Him. But remember, faithful in the routine prepares us and positions us for the next thing. Number two, David, not only was he um, um, consistent, David was challenged by the offensive thing. Let's read verses 23 through 26. He's challenged by the offense. Remember, he's hearing this for the first time. These others have heard it for 40 days and all they did is got afraid. Amen. All they did is back out and were melting. David heard it and the giant killer in him rose up. Amen. Glory to God. Now, as he was talking with them, as he's talking with his brothers, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. That relentless lies and discouragements. You'll never make it. God doesn't hear you. God don't love you. Yeah, all the all the negative shouting is usual to find. And David heard it. Uh-oh. Somebody with faith is going to hear it. Uh-oh. Devil, devil, your days are numbered. Goliath, your days are numbered. Amen? You, you said it in front of the wrong person. Oh, it's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Glory be to God forevermore. Let's look at this. And, and when the Israelites saw the man, they all ran in fear. Now David gets caught up with this and he stops and says, what, what, what am I running for? I don't know about these guys, but I don't run. I, I fight in the name of the Lord. Let's look at this. The Israelites have been saying, do you see how this man comes out? He comes out to defy us. The king will give wealth to the man who kills him, give his daughter a marriage, exempt him from taxes. Now David's thinking, he says, all right. David says, what will what, what, be done? For the one who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel. Well, they saw someone to run from. David saw someone as a disgrace to God and to the people of God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Oh, it's different when you have a heart after God. It's different when you're not just into this thing for your own thing. But you love God. You have a heart that cares about what God cares about. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. So here he is. David was challenged by the offensive thing. David was moved by what he saw and heard that day. For he cared for the glory and the testimony of the Lord his God. And he cared for the people of God. We ask what moves us. What moves us to laugh? What moves us to cry? What moves us to rejoice? What moves us to be angry? What moves me to sacrifice? What moves me to dare? What moves me to act? What moves me to change? What moves me to risk? What moves me to confront? What moves me to be courageous? Righteous anger that leads to holy action is a good thing. Don't ever forget that. One more time. Righteous anger that leads to holy action is a good thing. Let us be men and women who are moved and motivated by the heart and by the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Let us be men and women who in a world that seems it's just lost its bearing and they call right wrong and wrong right. Let us be a people that are not cowardly and not giving in to what's convenient, but will be moved by the heart of God and will allow a righteous anger to move us to a holy action as we live this life for the glory of the Lord. Can you say amen? Number three, we see that David... Not only was he consistent in the routine thing, not only was he challenged by the offensive thing, David was committed in spite of ridicule. Look at verses 28 through 33, I think is what we have. Let's look at these verses together. David was committed in spite of ridicule. God might stir your heart. You start acting, look out. Someone's always going to try to quench your fire. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger. Now, it wasn't mad enough to go fight Goliath, and you wonder why he got passed over last week when the anointing came for who was going to be king. Amen? I mean, he could criticize his brother, but he didn't want to take on the giant. A lot of people are willing to criticize those that want to fight the giant, but they're not willing to go fight that giant. It's easier from the peanut gallery. Can you say amen? Yeah, yeah, all right. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and he said, Why have you come down here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are, how wicked your heart is. This is a brother. Forget the devil. Sometimes it's someone, oh Lord, have mercy. I know how conceited you are. You've come down only to watch the battle. He didn't come down. There's no battle to watch. You kidding? All you guys are doing is running from the giant every time he shows up. He didn't come to watch the battle. He come to take part in the battle. Amen. David was the battle. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. Let's go on. Let's read on. <laughs> hallelujah. David says to Saul, now there's one critic, his brother, and now here comes King Saul. And now he's going to try to not so much attack his motives, but attack his ability. And David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Take it easy, Saul. Sit down, king. I got this. Your servant will go and fight him. Don't you love that? Don't you love a good, confident faith? Stop your belly aching. Stop your whining. Stop telling me why God can't do it. Just sit down and let those that have faith get the job done. Glory be to God. Isn't that good? Yeah, it is. Oh, somebody's getting something. All right. But, but David, 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 Saul says, listen, listen, you're not able. Finally, one man wants to go fight the giant. Forty days they're looking at each other and running. Finally, one person stands up and face says, I'll do it. And what's the king say? The one that should have been fighting in the first place, but he'd lost it. You know, you can still be in position, but have lost the anointing of God. You can still be in position. You know, Saul lost it, but he still stayed king for a lot of years till finally he went off the scene. That's another sermon for another day, but it's something to think about. All right, Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine. You're only a boy. Man, you're just a youth. He's been fighting from his youth. David was committed in spite of ridicule. He says, you do your best to serve God. Some people will criticize you. People that you think should support you might actually kind of hinder you. And you have to make up your mind. I'm going to follow God, even when people don't understand me. I'm going to follow God, even when people may not agree with me. But I'm going to walk with God and give God my very best. I'm not going to stay in the pack and just be like the rest. I'm going to serve God with all that is within me. I'm going to bless His holy name. So both David, his motives and his ability is challenged. 
And yours will be challenged as you do your best to walk off. Don't let it knock you off course. Don't let it quench your fight or take away your faith. His motives are challenged by his brother. David's often must stand alone. They often have to take an unpopular path, an unpopular stand, an unpopular response. That often brings criticism, jealousy, misunderstandings. But remember, you and I have to choose. We can fight the critic or we can fight the giant. We usually can't fight both. Don't fight the wrong enemy. One of the tactics of the, of the devil is to get you sidetracked fighting the wrong enemy. Instead of dealing with the real issue, we get sidetracked by the critic and we can't typically fight them both. We see his brother challenging his motives and then we see the king challenging his ability. His ability is challenged by King Saul. He says, you can't do this. You're not able to do this. You're too young to do this. Often when you attempt something daring, something new, something of faith, there'll always be someone to tell you you're not able. You can't do it. You see, David cannot allow the criticisms, the doubts, the challenges, the fears of men to hold them back from giving themselves fully to the will and to the work of God. They're called to fight the Lord's battles. They're called to go do things that others might not understand. They can't wait always for a, a consensus of men, for they've heard the call of heaven. They can't wait for the debate of men. Their hearts have been gripped by the call of the living God, and they're moved to move out whether anyone goes with them or not. Remember that faith rejects the discouragement of others. Faith has to reject the discouragement of others. Critics will come. There'll always be someone to say you're not able. But the Davids know who to fight and know who to ignore. David knew that the only real giant in his life was the Lord his God and Goliath didn't stand a chance. You know, one time in the Gospels, a man was told, there's no hope. Your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. But when Jesus overheard that, his words were simply, he didn't even bother with the critics. He didn't even bother with the naysayers. He simply turned to the man and said, fear not, just believe. This friend, Jesus knew who to ignore and Jesus knew who to address. And giant killers and the Davids of this present generation cannot get caught up in the side arguments and the foolish things we hear debated and we lose our focus and we're no longer giving our best to that which really matters. We must know who to ignore. We must know who to address. Can you say amen? Faith rejects the discouragement of others. So the champions of the living God, we learn from David, he was consistent in the routine thing. Stay faithful. Give God your best. He was challenged by the offensive thing. We need to pray, Lord, give me a heart that I'll weep if you're weeping and I'll get angry if you get angry. Give me your heart that's not so complacent. There's been a desensitization in the church. We're getting mad about nothing. I mean, they can, they can abort. They can do all they want. The devil's crowd gets loud, tear down the house. Sometimes the church is so quiet. Oh God, stir our heart. Oh God, grip your people with a righteous indignation that won't be turned into a carnal action, but a holy action. Let us be moved by what moves the heart of God. Number four, he was courageous in the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. 
After Saul says, you can't do it, David responds. Look at verse 34 through 37. 34 through 37. The king had just said, you're not able. You're just a kid. Glad that you meant well. Wish I had some soldiers like you, son. But you just, you know, you just. But we see how David, he, he was courageous in the Lord. His courage wasn't coming in who he was, but in who he knew his God was. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. Now you can't just let the devil come in and steal your sheep. You've got to go. So what's David say? He said, I went after it. He was a good shepherd. He went after it. And he struck it and he rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, now notice that devil fight back. Just because you get excited one service and decide to draw a line in the sand, don't know that battle's not over. Amen? You start messing with the devil, he's going to mark you. He don't have to mark a lot of people. They're not doing anything that makes them nervous. Amen? You don't got to worry about a dead horse. It's not going to bother anyone. But when you make up your mind, I'm going to do something with eternal value, the devil starts, "Uh uh-oh. When you begin to say, I'm going to go reach those that somehow are strayed or somehow reach down to those that are somehow being discouraged, and the devil recognizes you're a threat to his kingdom, a threat to what he's doing. He'll turn. Oh, no. David said he turned on me. Well, I turned on him. And I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Ooh, glory be to God. And your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Why? Because he's defied the army. Of the living God. David had a heart for the glory of God. Amen. He had a heart for the name of Jesus. For the name of the Lord is God. He was courageous in the Lord. He didn't brag on himself. He was boasting in the Lord. He was saying, my God is able, Saul. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He recognized that his power and his courage came from the Lord is God. The same place you and I receive our courage and our power to fight this good fight of faith. David is one who said, I, by my God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. By my God, I can do it. Amen? Right, Paul says, we can do all things through Christ. In Christ, we can. In God, you can. And one way that we see in this story that faith knows how to stir itself up when the challenge comes is faith knows how to recall past victories and visitations of God. One of the chief ways that you and I can encourage ourselves in God and fuel our faith when the battle is really raging is to recall the past victories God's given us. Remembering the past should propel us to face the present. We encourage ourselves in God. We stir up a present faith by remembering the past victories and visitations God has given us. By remembering back how good God's been to us. What God's done for us. When you face something here and sometimes that roar of Goliath wants to paralyze your faith, faith can reach back into yesterday and to remember the goodness of God and remember that answered prayer and remember that breakthrough that, that you didn't think you'd ever get. And it can take that courage and bring it into the now to face the present need. We, race, we look back and we remember, for example, how He saved us. 
we remind ourselves, wow, God, you brought me a long way. Wow, Lord, when you found me, look what you've done. Oh, God, you're faithful. I'll never doubt your faithfulness. Oh, no, no. We remember how he's kept us. Lord, I've gone through some things in these past 20, 30, 40 years. And oh, Lord, you brought me through again and again and again. You provided for me and my family. You protected me and my family. There's been a number of times the doctor shook his head. But Dr. Jesus, you healed me and you set me free. I'm reminding myself, Lord, you've enabled me to do things I never thought thought I would do. You enabled me to do things that even my family said, you can't do that. Oh God! I look back on my life and it's one big testimony. It's a time of looking back on the goodness and the faithfulness and the mercy of the Lord. It's been new every morning. All the things God has brought us through and all the things God has done for us. Faith knows how to reach back and remember the faithfulness, the goodness, and the power of the Lord our God. And that begins to stir us as we're reminded and we rehearse those things of how God blessed us yesterday. It gives us a faith for today to face whatever we're facing and to know the same God of yesterday is the God I serve today. The one that brought me through that storm I never thought I'd get through is the one that stands with me as I face the trial of this present hour. Somebody, God's going to bring you through. Stay firm. Stay firm. Stay firm in the Lord. Now is not the time to compromise. Now is not the time to back off. Now is the time to remember the goodness, the faithfulness, and the power of your God and realize the God that did it then is the God that will do it today. Oh, somebody bless Him. Someone give God a praise in God's house. He's a good God. He's a faithful God. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to belittle what you're facing. I'm not trying to say Goliath cannot be intimidating. But I am declaring that our God is an awesome God. Our God is the one that reigns. Our God is faithful. Our God is able. And if you look to Jesus, He'll bring you through. If you hold on to the hand of the Savior, He'll take you through to the other side. Hallelujah! Oh yeah! This young man just look at King. Hey King, the God, the God that delivered me yesterday, He's gonna deliver me today. Somebody, He'll do it again. Somebody, He'll do it again. Somebody, hear ye the word of the Lord. That God that brought you through the fiery furnace of yesterday will walk with you through the fiery furnace of today. The God that broke through in that hard situation yesterday, He's getting ready to break through. He's getting ready to move in your life. He's getting ready to destroy that cancer. He's getting ready to make that tumor melt. He's getting ready to make the doctor shake his head and say, I don't know what happened, but something different now. Oh, hallelujah. Bless His name. Bless His name. Yes, Lord. We've all faced a lion. We've all faced a bear or two. You can't walk in this fallen world without facing some lions and bears. But somebody got to testify. God's been good to you. God's been good to you. God's been good to you. Yes, yes. I'm telling you, we serve a good God. And one of the biggest keys to facing the right now giant of your life, that giant of a problem, is by reminding yourself of the goodness, the faithfulness, and the power of your God. The one that brought you through yesterday is with you today. Keep trusting, keep believing, and keep obeying. Can you say amen?
Hallelujah. Don't lose your faith because of the giant. Don't lose your faith because of that roar. Oh, my, my, my. Hallelujah. He was courageous in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. Let the weak say, I am strong in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. In ourselves we're frail, but in Christ we can run and not grow weary. Hallelujah. Whew. There's a fifth one. David, not only courageous in the Lord, he was confident in the Spirit. Confident in the Spirit. You know, people of faith ought to be confident people. Amen? I mean, we walk with God, don't we? I mean, we either we know Him or we don't. But if you know Him, you should be confident. It don't mean everything's easy. But it means we can go through it all with the help and grace of God. He said He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He didn't just say that from mountaintops. I need Him more in the valley. I don't know about you. Amen? But He says, even in the valley, I'm with you. Oh, David was confident in the Spirit. We remember in verse 32 how he said, Saul, don't, don't worry about it, king. Just relax. You stay here. I got this. I got this, king. Oh, yeah. David was confident. Before both King Saul and Goliath and the giant, he's confident in the Spirit. Men and women of God, men and women after God's own heart, should be a confident people. Why not? Don't we believe our times are in His hands? Don't we believe that He's a shield round about us? Don't we believe that absent from the body is present with the Lord? Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Look, if you would, at verse 45 through 49. Because we're going to glean the rest of our little points and subpoints from these handful of verses. The battle's on. Amen? They're facing off. David said to the Philistine, You come at me. With a sword, a spear, a javelin. But I come against you. He's confident in the Lord. In the name of the Lord Almighty. See that? In the name. In my name you shall. In the name of the Lord, the God of the armies whom you defied. Oh, brother. You defied him. I'm coming at you in his name. Let's read that next one. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This day. This day. you got to have a this day faith. Amen. Some glad morning. I know some glad morning. We're all going to die and be in Jesus' presence. I need it today. Amen. I need some help today. I need some grace today. Isn't that right? Uh, some people got faith for tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow. I need it right now. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus said. Today's got enough problems of its own. That's my paraphrase, but I think it's accurate there. This is the day. This day the Lord will. See that will? He's got a will. And none of this. The will of God. He knew the will of God. The will of God was that the Goliath go down in the name of the Lord be exalted in the earth. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I'll give the carcass to the Philistine army, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Oh, that the name of the Lord would be exalted. Amen. As the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Look at that next verse. And all those gathered here, even the those backslidden church, I mean the soldiers, and all those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves. See, he understands the spiritual element, doesn't he? For the battle is the Lord's. And he will. Give all of you into our hands. Woo! 
Somebody, the battle's the Lord's battle. You just got to trust Him and obey Him. Amen? The battle's the Lord's battle. You don't got to exert that. No, the battle's the Lord's battle. Don't forget that. And as the Philistine, now this is a big nine foot nine inch guy. I mean, he, he's, his coat weighed about 500 pounds. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, you know, that would expose a lot of pretend Davids right there. Amen? It's easy to shout. You ever see that little guy in a fight got behind all the big guys and he's talking all that trash, but he's hiding behind the guy that's, you know, a 6'4". You know what I mean? He's, he's a big mouth when the, uh, the other side's are far away. Now, a lot of people can shout a good shout when they're with everyone. But when they got to step out on that plane, and it's mano mano, as they say, it's just you and, you and Goliath. And then that Goliath takes that first step. Uh-oh. They want to go back in the choir. Don't want that solo. Amen. It says, as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward him. Faith runs towards it, man. Faith is an action word. Faith initiates this thing. Oh, my goodness. Reaching into his bag, he took out a stone. He slung it, struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down to the ground. Wow. David was confident in spirit. Let's talk about this. First, he says to King Saul, let no one lose heart. Relax, King. You stay here. I got this. But now as he approaches Goliath, let's listen to what David says and look at what he does. Number one, faith recognizes. Faith recognizes the true nature of the battle. Remember he said the battle is the Lord's battle? He says this day, verse 47, we're going to see it's not with the spear. It's not, it's not with the sling that the Lord says. The battle is the Lord's battle. He understands the spiritual dynamic here. As you and I walk this walk of faith, it's a spiritual battle against a spiritual enemy. And we've been given spiritual weapons to fight. Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle. Amen. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but we do have weapons for this warfare, do we not? Now again, we've got the Word of God. We've got prayer. We've got faith. We've got worship. We've got the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the gifts of the Spirit, holy life. We've been fully equipped to fight the fight of faith, not the carnal thing. We're not a natural people. We're not getting met. We're not. No, no, no. We're a different element. We're the church. We're the called out ones. We're, we're following a different Lord where we're trying to achieve a different goal. If we fail to recognize this, the true nature of the battle, we can find ourselves fighting the wrong enemy with the wrong weaponry, and that can be very frustrating and ultimately futile. Can it not? Don't fight the wrong enemy. Fight the right enemy. And fight the right enemy with the right weaponry. David understood. This faith recognizes the true nature of the battle. But secondly, faith responds to that taunt. Faith responds to that threat with a positive confession and action. Throughout this, you see David just speaking positively and confidently about the God he serves. About the, his faith in that God. David's confession, his declaration. He said, listen, Goliath yelled at him. He said, uh-uh, I don't know. This day, this day, God's going to give you over. This day, the battle's the Lord. This day, God. And David's confession, let us align our words with God's words and use them to attack the enemy and to declare our confidence in the face of the threat. 
I mean, David, he's just confessing, no, no, this day the Lord, the battle's the Lord's. We see his confession. Then we see his action. Verse 48, he ran towards Goliath. He ran towards Goliath. You see, faith runs to the battle. Faith advances. Faith addresses the issue. Doesn't try to deny and run from every issue. Friend, it's the action of faith that releases the power of God. Whether it's stretching out the hand or casting the net or pressing through the crowd, whether it's just taking that little bit of bread and passing it out, it's the action of faith that releases the power of God. It's not just talking about it. It's not just hoping about it. But the action of faith. Until you get out of the boat, you won't walk on that water. Faith advances towards the problem. Faith acts on the Word. Faith initiates the answer. We see in this story, we notice how last week David was anointed because God had rejected Saul. And we said in this present hour, even today, God does bypass people. But many more He puts His hand upon. Many more He sees their heart and He touches. We notice in this story, the one that had been chosen attacked, while the one that had been rejected sat. The one that had been chosen trusted God. The one that had been rejected looked to man. The one that made things happen was the one called with a heart after God. The one that just stood back and watched things happen was the man that had been rejected, put aside by God. Faith recognizes the true nature of the battle. Faith responds with a positive confession and action. Faith relies on the power of God for the victory. And so can you. David's able to say the battle's the Lord's battle. It's not because of my ability to throw a, to throw a stone. It's not with someone's ability to use a spear. But it's trusting God and obeying God and believing that God will use our human faithful efforts. But God will be the one that gets the job done. God will be the one that makes things happen. God's power is available to you and to I this morning that love the Lord. As David was able to remember, the power of God, he relied on God's power, not his own ability. Certainly not the numbers of men that were with him. They weren't helping at all. But he said, I can rely on the power of God. I want you to know, friend, you can rely on the power of God. You can expect the power of God. You can release and depend on the power of God. The same power that David had to work in your life. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. We have received power since the Holy Spirit came upon us. The Bible declares that you and I that know the Lord, we can be a people that expect the power of God to work in our lives as we walk by faith, as we believe the book, as we obey the book, as we love the Lord with all our hearts. His power will work in our life as God guided David's stone. He will guide and bless your efforts as God kept His good promise to David. God will keep His good promise to you. And one thing a giant killer knows, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by God's Spirit, saith the Lord. And they rely on the power of God. 
If we had to rely on our own wits, where would we be? If we had to rely on our own education, where would we be? But you and I, the no Lord, we rely on the power of God. And that power is a faithful power. That power is an available power. That's a power that will work in your life. He's promised to do so. Not only does He recognize the true nature and respond with a positive confession, faith relies on the power of God. As I rely on myself, it's easy to get discouraged. As I rely on myself, it's easy to get frustrated. As I rely on myself, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Amen? But as I rely on the power of God, I get a peace in my heart. As I trust in God's power to work all things together for His good, I get a rest that fills my soul. He faith reckons, reckons victory before the battle even begins. You know, David, he, he sees this day, Goliath, you're going down. This day, I will and God will. This day, he's reckoning before he even begins. I love that. The Lord will. The Lord will this day. As Christians, we fight from a position of victory, not for a position of victory. But the Bible says Jesus has defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's disarmed principalities and powers. Isn't that right? Jesus has won the victory. We stand in his stead. We stand in his triumph. We stand in what He has done. Hallelujah. The day two giants met. Now, if you're not facing a giant or a battle this morning, please remember these points, but sooner or later you will. Please jot down these truths from this story because life is life. And if you're not fighting a giant today, one will come sooner or later. But if you're here and you're, um, you're facing a giant, it might be something physical. It might be in your family. It might be in your finances. Whatever it might be. If you're going through something and you're facing a Goliath, then we want to pray. And then after we pray and just ask God and trust God, I want to encourage you to take the lessons that we've learned this morning from David's defeat of Goliath and put them to practice. Go and act out your faith. Go and act out your faith. Have that positive confession. Trust in the Lord's power to work. Remember, it's a spiritual battle. Amen? And all the things we, we learned today, put it to work. Put it to work. Put it to work. Amen. And last but not least, if you're here, and I know most that are here, you know and love God. Maybe you're listening and you don't know the Lord. If you haven't given your heart to Christ, today's your day. Ask Jesus into your heart. Today's your day. Stop struggling. Stop going through the frustration of trying to do your own thing. Give your life to Jesus. Let that precious blood cleanse you and forgive you. Let the guilt and the shame go. Become a new creature in Christ. Give Him your life so you can walk with Him and know God and know who you were meant to be. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I ask You right now, Lord, help those that are facing giants. Father, cause faith to come alive as we recall Your faithfulness in our lives. Give us confidence, Lord, to know the battle belongs to You and You will bring us through. Now, Lord, stir us up to respond like David that we would see our Goliaths come tumbling down. Father, I pray for the various needs. If anyone has a physical need, Father, in Jesus' name, heal them now. Let them feel Your hand be laid upon them. Let them feel Your power work a miracle in their lives. Father, physically heal those that need a healing. Father, I pray for those that are feeling heavy today. Let that cloud of heaviness break and let a fresh joy fill their hearts. Let a fresh joy and peace fill their hearts. Father, I pray for those that 
may be going through it in their families. Father God, I pray you to rebuke the devourer. You would stop the instigator and you would bring harmony and peace back to that family. Now, Father, I pray for these dear ones as they go this week. Open up doors of witnessing opportunities for them. Give them faith. Give them a promise, Lord, to face whatever they have to face and use them to touch many lives for your glory. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Wednesday. Don't forget your offerings in the back. I see yellow buckets there for for the missions. And um, have a great week.